Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome to Bite Size Insight with Monique, episode number eight. So in light of this month being today, being International Women's Day and basically Women's Month, um, I wanted to highlight women in Matthew chapter one who are listed in the genealogy of Jesus. And there's five of them. So I'm going to do one for each woman. I just thought it's fantastic because the Bible gives us who they are specifically. And there's much to learn. And there's books actually written about each one to go more in depth, but just a little insight. So the first one we find is Tamar. Tamar's story is found in Genesis chapter 38. And boy, oh boy, is it a bizarre one. Let me tell y'all. Guys, the Bible is full of some very interesting, weird, intriguing, relatable stuff. Like the book of Genesis alone, you can just spend months in like studying it out and reading it because there's just so much stuff in the book of Genesis. It's a really dope book. But Genesis chapter 38 is where we find Tamar's story. And the very interesting thing about her story is it comes right in the middle of the story of Joseph. If you guys remember the story of Joseph, he was the youngest son of Jacob, and he had dreams and, um, you know, basically his brothers hated him because in his dreams he dreamt that they were going to bow down to him one day, serve him, all his stuff. So his brothers hated him, sold him into slavery. Okay. So Joseph's story is a very, very interesting story. And, um, so after we hear about that in the Bible of brothers selling him into slavery, then it jumps into one of his brother's life, who was Judah chapter 38. And after we read about Judah, it picks back up to Joseph's life in chapter 39. So it's just really interesting how um, it's like this story of Judah and Tamar interrupts everything we're hearing about Joseph. So very interesting, by the way. Okay, so Tamar was, the Bible tells us how Judah is the fourth son of Jacob, and he left his brothers and father and his, his family's house, basically, and he married a Canaanite woman. Okay. And they had a couple of sons. First son, his name was Ur. And Ur, they found a wife for him named Tamar. Well, scripture tells us that Ur was evil and God killed him. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> no joke. That's what it says. So we don't know what this man did. We don't know exactly the details, but we know he was wicked. That's what the Bible says. Okay. So she's left a widow. Now, culturally, back in that day, if a man died, then his brother would marry his widow to basically carry on the brother's name to ensure that there'd be an inheritance for that child. So in this case, though, um, Ur, his younger brother, was named Onan. And Onan took her as wife, Tamar's wife, but he refused to have a child with this woman. So literally he is having sex with this woman, but he then pulls out and ejaculates on the ground instead. Now that was a huge offense. You have to, you have to understand culturally 
Okay. Because the way scripture describes it is saying that he wasted his seed on the ground in order not to give offspring to his brother. That is something that was like in a vile act. That was something that was so displeasing in God's sight. And then the man ended up dying after that. Okay. So now Judah had a third son. But he was probably like, bruh, every time uh, one of my sons gets married to this woman, they did. So I don't know if he didn't want to give his third son to her because he's scared he's going to die or what. Instead of actually realizing that his sons were wicked. But anyways, so he's like, bruh, I'm going to keep this third child because I ain't trying to have him die too because I need to carry on my own lineage. So, but anyways, besides the point. Um, so here was this woman. Now, culturally, you have to understand, she was childless and alone and a widow. Okay. And that was protection for women. You know, uh, a lot of times marriage was protection for ladies back in this day. Having children was a blessing. If a woman was barren, didn't have kids back in that day, she was like shamed. It was looked down upon. Okay. So he told her, you know, like remain a widow in your father's house until my son grows up. You know, I don't want him to die like his brothers literally says that you can read it. Genesis 38, 11. So, you know, he said that, but really he had no intention of giving his son to this woman. So now that on his part was wrong. It was literally like neglect as fatherly duties to do this thing because culturally this is how it was. So, um, yeah, so it was basically, you know, uh, a shaming for her and on her part. So the story takes a very interesting turn. Later on, Judah's wife dies. Now, his daughter-in-law, Tamar, she disguises herself as a prostitute. And she stood in the place where men would pass by. They'd see prostitutes. So lo and behold, Judah comes by. Unbeknownst to him, okay, she disguises herself, did not recognize her, slept with her. Three months later, he learns that she's pregnant. And he, like, has a fit and says that she should be punished and all this stuff. But then she proved that he was the father. And because when he slept with her, he had given her some things and a staff, a seal, a cord, things like that. So she brought those things back out. And, you know, he was filled with guilt because it was like she literally had to trick the man, okay, in order to try to get a child in this lineage here. So he said, you know, that he recognized his sin. And in verse 26, he says, she is more righteous than I. And as much as I did not give her to my son, Shela, that was the third one. So, um, she ended up getting pregnant with twins, which was Perez and Zerah. And Perez is where King David came out of that line, which later on Jesus comes out of that line. So that is the first woman in the lineage of Jesus. So it's a very interesting, bizarre story. <laughs> but I wanted to highlight it because, you know, it's like she was justified. And in the sense that, like, God gave her two sons and whom ended up being, bringing his own son through her lineage, you know, because she was wronged and she had no say. There's nothing else that she could do. So she basically took matters in her own hands. And although maybe that wasn't right, but God still turned things around and used it though. 
So I just wanted to highlight this first woman, Tamar, in the story, because despite whatever mistakes, despite whatever things that we do, God can definitely still use your story, weave it in somehow and make it beautiful and bring about something miraculous, bring about a promise, bring about things that will forever change history even. So that is our first woman in the lineage of Jesus. So go check out the story (laughs) or yourself, Genesis chapter 38, the story of Tamar. So that is Bite Size Insight with Monique. If you have any suggestions, questions, topics that you would like me to cover, please go ahead and send an email to info at moniquedeleon.com. Um, I'd be more than happy to dig into that and look and search and give you some insight from scriptures or whatever it is that you are inquiring about. So next time I'm going to cover the next one, um, which is Rahab. So I will see you next time.